the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning. It has not been many years, but in the years since my mother and father died, I have driven down Fairview countless times. And I've started to turn into their driveway countless times, daydreaming that perhaps just around the corner, just behind the lamppost, they might be waiting there, that my mother might have lunch on the table, and that my father might be sitting there waiting to just be there as he was with us, just to be there, to hear us, to, to impart that wisdom that only he could give to us. But that must wait. Yet here at the table, I know that they are close by. It was my father on earth who first brought me to our father who is in heaven. He taught me that God was holy and that we must be working on holiness all the days of our lives. And for dad, this was not just religious talk. By his life of service, dad taught me that what we say we see about heaven, we must be doing on earth. It cannot just be what we say we see, what we talk about. It must be what we do here on earth. I saw him work a second job to get this ungrateful adolescent through university. I would come after being out partying to the gas station where he worked a second job and watch him as he cheerfully pumped gas for me as I headed off to the second party I was going to that night. He never laid a guilt trip on me about it. He was grateful for all things, all the days of his life. He gave glory to God for all things. I never saw him fail to pause and give thanks for a cup of coffee, for an apple, or for a cookie. And he usually just ate one, although he did not pass that trade on to me. The bread that he provided for our table, and he always said that the Lord provided it. The bread that he provided always seemed to multiply. We ate well in the Hedges house. Any of you who sat at that table know it. He always forgave. He even made excuses for my inattention toward him. And he was always grateful especially those times when I would walk in the door, it seemed as if he was celebrating our time together as if it was a holiday that had come to him. And at times, even after mom was gone, it seemed that mom was there because dad always said she was. 
he often said, oh, I've just been sitting here talking to mom. The icon that I have of my dad hanging in my heart, and there is an icon that hangs in the deep places of my heart, of my father. That icon compels me to work on being like him as long as I have breath to so work. Yet despite the promises of the family icons that we bear, something about the prodigal son always stings me. It always stings us when we come to this point. It stings me because I know that it is about me. It is not about the prodigal on the street. It is not about the other prodigal. It is about me that we hear today. It is about each of us. Everything we have in this life, even life itself, we got it from our Father who is in heaven. We took it from him, and we hardly even thanked him for it. He planned for us to be with him and with the angels in their company. But in an alien land all too often, we have chosen the company of pigs. We have cho chosen the company of sensuality. It's not a very pretty picture, this one. Yet somehow in the telling of this parable, as we move toward Great Lent, we see brutally clear how much it is that we need Great Lent. Our need for Lent is great. And that is why we have a Great Lent, not a little Lent. We have Great Lent because our need for it is great. If we are given the grace to see ourselves truly, we would weep at the mess we've made of things. And we don't want to stay there. We don't want to wallow in the mud of it. A fire of desire may be kindled among us. It may be kindled deep in our hearts if it is grace that is given. It is a spark that only the Holy Spirit can light. You cannot make it up as Lent comes toward you. The fire of desire must be kindled by the fire of the Holy Spirit descending from on high upon your heart. That is where the fire of desire comes from. You do not make it up because it's seasonally appropriate. It comes from God, just like all good things. We don't even have the matches to light the fire anymore. He must give them to us. The hunger and the burning that may occur in our belly if we do enter into things somehow wakes us up. I don't know how that works. I don't like that it works that way. But somehow or another, that is how it works. When you're hungry, something kindles within you. We may be drawn by the Holy Spirit to begin a journey to return to our Father's house. That journey is Lent, the journey that we're about to begin together. 
and in Lent, we are all headed home. We are all making that turn to our Father's table. And rigorous though Lent may be with fasts and longer prayers, we will be encouraged in the days to come to set out with light steps. Our steps will be light if we are aware that we are journeying home, that we are headed to a table that has been prepared for us. We are headed back home and we need to keep that in our sight. We need to somehow hang that icon in the deep places of our heart. And that is why the picture of the father running to meet the prodigal, that is the central image of the gospel today. It might be said that this isn't the Sunday of the prodigal, but that this is the Sunday of the faithful father. Let us see that faithful father. Let us keep that image before us. And if we do, we prodigals will turn down that road toward him. It is the one picture I want you to remember today. Let that icon burn into your heart and keep it there throughout Lent. Listen to what it said. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and ran and embraced and kissed him. Now when you come forward for confession and the priest covers your head with the stole, you are the prodigal who has returned. In that moment, you are the prodigal who has returned. In the blessing of the father's embrace at the return of a child, there is the greatest of joy. There is a joy that cannot be taken away. I see that from time to time, and I want to be there all the time. But yet I turn not down my father's driveway, but down the road that leads to pigs all too often. We need to keep the icon of our father, the image of him offering that embrace to us throughout Lent. Do you want to be there? I want to be there. Then we must rise up and move. We can no longer sit and think about it. We've got to rise up and move. Lent is not a time to, say, to stay sitting down. If we will only rise up and start moving, from the front porch of heaven, the Father will see us. He will see us on the road. He'll send angels to attend to you on your way. He'll run to meet you as you get near to the gate. Even when we were at the bottom of the pigsty. And for some of us, such a place is a painful memory that may intrude and try and rob you of your joy. Do not let that painful memory of the pigsty do anything but motivate you to keep on the journey. Let it not draw you to wallow there, and certainly let it not bring you nostalgia for the stuff you miss from those times. 
Let us have no nostalgia for the pigsty. Let us wash ourselves of it. His bottomless love is driving us home. His love draws us homeward, is more powerful than all of those sins that we might have committed in the pigsty. His love more powerful. His love washes all of those clean. It does not leave the speck of any of that mud upon you. It washes you clean. And he has prepared a table for us that will satisfy and delight more than the pig slop ever could. Pig slop does not satisfy anybody. I don't even think the pigs even really like it. And, you know, we think we're going to go wallow in it and somehow have, you know, a party. That's not how it works. We were not made for pig slop. We were made for the holy table. And when we return to the table in our Father's house, he restores to us the inheritance that we might have seemed to have lost. We may have taken what he gave and squandered it out there with the pigs. We may think that it is completely gone, but the Lord kept it for you. And I love that passage in the prophet Joel where the Lord says, I shall restore to you the years that the locusts ate. For some reason, some of us prodigals who lost a few of those inheritance treasures along the way, for those of us that lost treasure, for those that packed our treasure into a bag with holes in it, for us, somehow he preserved the treasure for us. The Lord doesn't just save you. Can you wrap yourself around that? The Lord doesn't just barely save you. He restores what we lost along the way. He gives us greater than what we have lost. He has saved our inheritance for us, and he has saved us for the inheritance that he has preserved. When we repent and return, he does not receive us back as second class. There are no second class places in the kingdom of God. There, are, there is no second-class transport on this train that's bound for glory. There is only first-class on this train. And he who was the dirtiest when he came to the door, who had the most pig slop per capita upon him, that one is given a first-class seat, the same as the one who came here from the first hour. He has saved our inheritance for us and us for it. When we repent and return, he does not look at us as second class. He receives us just like he received his only begotten. Can you wrap yourself around that one? He greets us like he greets his only begotten, like he greets his firstborn. The Father welcomes us home like he welcomes his son. The Father waits to welcome you 
He sees you from afar if you have not moved toward him. He sees you from afar and waits for you. How great, how great are the mysteries of the grace and the kind love of this Father who is our God, this God who is our Father. Let us rise up. Let us return to draw near to him. Let us trade the pig pen of our sin for the palace of his love. Let our every movement from this moment onward be toward him. Let no more movements be away from him. Let every movement be toward him. Let us look up and keep our eyes on him, for he sees us. He knows you. He waits for you. To the Father be all glory. Amen.